It's football season. Time for the Gridiron Breakdown. Your host, RJ. Well, when was the last time 80,000 people showed up to see if you're doing chemistry experiments? Alan. You play football like Engineero played football. Let's get to the breakdown. It's time for the Gridiron Breakdown. I'm Jay, and alongside Alan, we're here to get you ready for week five of college football. But before we do that, Alan, man, a lot of stuff went down in week four. So what stood out to you from the week that was? Well, there, there were a couple things. First of all, the way the Auburn defense just absolutely mashed A&M. While the score ended up being close at the end, um, make no mistakes about it, Auburn whipped A&M. And on the other end of the spectrum, the absolute epic collapse in Pullman, Washington. The only thing that would have made it more fitting is if Bill Pullman would have said, game over, man, game over. <laughs> that would have been uh, totally appropriate. Yes, you're right. I, I still am not sure how that happened. Uh, because when I went to bed Saturday night, they had a comfortable 30 two-point lead, and I thought, well, no need to keep up with UCLA getting bloodlet anymore. And when I woke up at you know 5 o'clock the next morning, flipped on the old ESPN app to see what the final score was, lo and behold, UCLA pulled the greatest upset maybe of all time, uh, or at least the greatest comeback in college of all time. It's, it, it's unbelievable to see how that went down. I'll tell you what, man, the thing that surprised me maybe the most is, I don't, I don't I'm not taking a shot at him, but just how well Notre Dame played against Georgia. I mean, they didn't really ever threaten to score enough points to win that game, but they certainly held Georgia in check. Either that or Georgia played it uber conservative. I don't know which one, but I was impressed with the way Notre Dame did against Georgia. I think Notre Dame came out and played hard. They had a good game plan. But Jay, I've noticed this about Kirby. In big games, he goes conservative. And Nick used to do this years and years ago. And eventually, somewhere around like 2014 or 15, maybe due to our favorite person, Lane Kiffin, he kind of got away from that. But I thought Georgia was very conservative. They didn't take advantage of their opportunities. And the other thing is maybe Georgia isn't quite as good as we thought they were. I'm not saying they're a bad team, but they did play three cupcakes and they whipped them like you should. But maybe there are a few chinks in that Georgia armor that Notre Dame was able to kind of show. It could be for sure. And I mean, I, we'll see because Georgia's about to get into the meat of their schedule as well. So we'll we'll know more about them as they go forward here. But no, th- that was a little bit of a surprise, you know, went down that way. But everything else kind of held, I guess, the way we thought it would. Right. There wasn't anything major going down yet. Our picks went you know, sideways and to the left a little bit. Uh, we didn't get them all right. One in particular I want to revisit with you, my man, is the danger zone pick. Uh, Oklahoma State gave Texas a good fight, but Texas was able to gut that one out, and that's a big win because they hadn't beat Oklahoma State in a while. That was a big win. I, I laid that loss fairly on the shoulders of Mike Gundy. Um, I felt that he, he really had some just inexcusable play calls at some key moments. And you got to give Texas credit for gutting it out with a depleted secondary. Um, but, you know, you also got to give props to Oklahoma State to going in to, to Austin, a hostile environment against a good Texas team and really playing well. The obvious thing is Oklahoma State has a great offense, but absolutely no defense. 
Now, I don't know that either of those teams have much of a defense, and Texas lost some DBs in the process of that one, so we'll see how long it takes them to recover. I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about one we were completely right about, and that was how bad Wisconsin was going to beat up on Michigan. And they not only beat them, man, they like took their lunch money and humiliated them. That was a complete and total washout from the beginning. Jonathan Taylor, that kid is a ball player. Wisconsin is very well coached. They play efficient football. And, dude, they just manhandled Michigan on both sides of the line. I mean, that game was 35 to nothing before you knew it, and it was never in doubt. So Wisconsin really, I think, took a step forward uh, in saying, hey, we're here. And you know what, Jay, in a couple of weeks, those Badgers have to go to Columbus, and that could be a hell of a football game. Oh, indeed, and we'll be talking about that one for sure. So just to bring everybody up to date, last week, Alan, you went 6-5 and five on the picks. Uh, that brings your yearly total up to 30-13. and 13. I got a little closer, went 8-3. and three. That brings me up to 28-15. and 15. So I'm still two games back on you, but gaining ever so slightly. And the danger zone is at 2-3. to three. So once again, the tower boss would like a word. Two of your snot-nosed jockeys did a flyby on my tower at over 400 knots. I want somebody's butt. I want it now. I had it. I want some butts. Well, I don't just about cover flat buys. So, Alan, I think it's time to get into the games of week five. And, you know, not as thick a slate as maybe we've had in the past, but there's some good games here. And I think there's a big one out in the Pac-12 that we got to talk about, man. USC is traveling to Washington, and Clay Helton has somehow or another figured out how to win games with three different quarterbacks. Can he get it done against the Huskies this weekend? Break this one down for us. Well, Jay, you know, I wasn't surprised at anybody. I thought Utah would really play well and be able to beat USC. But hats off to Helton and company. You're down to your third-string quarterback. And, you know, USC played well in that game. Matt Fink, the the third-string quarterback, only threw for 351 yards and three touchdowns in relief for Keaton Slovis, who got a concussion and who is still in concussion protocol. So we're not sure if he's going to play on Saturday or not. This USC team, Jay, though, they're thin at the quarterback position, and they've really been unable to manufacture rushing yards, and they travel to a really hostile environment. People have always said for years and years and years, Husky Stadium in Seattle is a tough place to play, and and Washington's really played well at home. Um, you know, the real danger here for USC is, first of all, they have one quarterback out with a knee injury. they got another one out with a concussion. Another one entered the transfer portal, so you got Matt Shank and three walk-ons, and one of them who's listed as the third-string safety. So that has to be a concern for Clay Helton. He can't take any more injuries at the quarterback position. You know, but USC, despite their downfalls and despite a close loss to a really good BYU team, they're converting 44% of their third-down conversions, and they've really surprised a lot of America with the fact that they only have the one loss to the Cougs. Uh, you know, early in the year, we were talking, this team might be 1-3, and 1-4. and four. Um Clay Helton is doing a heck of a job hodgepodging this together and somehow finding wins. Jacob Eason, on the flip side, has played really well in limited turnovers. He did struggle against that mighty Cal defense, but he, he's rebounded really nicely in the last two games, really beneficent, completing over 70% of his passes. He's only got two interceptions on the year. Um, Washington's problem is they lack a true difference maker at the skill positions, the backs, the wide receivers. They have solid players, but they don't have the Miles Gaskins or the John Ross that they've had a few years ago. And I think that's really bogging the offense down. 
they, they have been good at keeping drives alive. They can convert almost 50% of their uh, third down conversions. You know, but both on defense, Jay, both of these teams are middle of the pack in defending third downs. They're, they're ranked 61st and I think 72nd uh, in the country in whole stopping teams on third down. And there's nothing that either defense has that really scares you. I like this game to be a fun one to watch. I think it's going to be close. I like the Huskies at home um, to win this 35 to 28. You know, man, I think you've given a good breakdown on that one. And I, I got to tell you, I, I thought Washington, you know, they lost a game in a weird way, but I think they're a lot better than that loss at Cal. And I also think Cal's a quality football team. We'll get to their game here in a little bit in the lightning round. I think USC is rallying around their embattled coach. They're fighting hard. I think the, the air raid is a good equalizer. I mean, the fact is you, your backup quarterback only has to know about 30 or 40 plays. They don't have to know 150. So they go out and they execute that offense. And if they can do that, it's going to push Washington to really grow up in the defensive backfield. And I know that's part of their strength, but they lost some guys this year too, or going from last year to this year. So for me, the end of it is that USC doesn't have the defensive depth, I think, to hang with what Jacob Eason and that Washington offense can do. I like it close early, but I like Washington pulling away late. I'm going to take Washington 27-17 to 17 in this one, so we both like the Huskies. Well, our next featured game, man, is Virginia taking on Notre Dame. Now, we, we talked about Notre Dame coming off of their big, you know, play. And they played Georgia close, but they did, it did indeed lose that game. And, you know, now Notre Dame is, is trying to rebound a little bit. They're two and one on the year, and they got a lot left in front of them if they can get it done. Virginia, on the other hand, look, they got a big opening week one win against Pitt. Uh, they took out William and Mary like they're supposed to. They took out Florida State, or better yet, Florida State took themselves out in Virginia was the beneficiary of it. I think it's a better way of looking at how that game went down. And then last week, you know, maybe looking ahead a little bit, didn't really take it seriously, didn't do too good against ODU, but don't sleep on Old Dominion, folks. That's an up-and-coming program. They're going to snake a lot of people. Uh, They could be a Boise of Virginia in just a few years. They're definitely a a rising program. So Virginia had to come back and put them away. They're led by Bryce Perkins, quarterback. You know, the thing with him is he's thrown four picks this year. He's got to clean that up, but his completion percentage is pretty good. Um, they've got – he's also their leading rusher. Um, that's a problem for me with Virginia is they don't have an established back, and they've, they've had one for a few years, but not this year. Um, Notre Dame, on the other hand, man, it's all about Ian Book, and he's super accurate. He's only thrown two picks this year. Um, he really did a good job against Georgia under extreme pressure. He can run a little bit. Notre Dame's running backs are a little beat up right now. You know, Tony Jones Jr. is a little banged up. Can the Notre Dame Fighting Irish manufacture enough yards in this game? Uh, all the experts are telling you, man, Notre Dame's going to win this game. Notre Dame's the better team. Don't look at the records. Notre Dame's the better team. And I tend to lean that way as well. But let me tell you, I subscribe to the body blow theory, uh, Alan. And it's years of watching Alabama play teams, and then the week after, those teams go and they get beat by another team that maybe they would have beaten the week before or something. I think Notre Dame's going to limp into this game a little beat up. I think Virginia's a little healthier in this one. I'm picking the Cavaliers in an upset here, and I don't know that it's that huge of an upset. I mean, this is a big one on NBC at 3.30 Eastern, but I think Virginia's going to get it done, man. Give me the Cavaliers in this one to take out Notre Dame 24-22. to You know, Jay, I think you did a really good job breaking that down, and you kind of stole what, what I was thinking. I, I was really feeling that Notre Dame laid it all on the line last Saturday 
I think they're going to have bumps and bruises. Um, and they very may very well win this game, but I, I've seen it too many times where when you play a good team like an Alabama or a Clemson or a Georgia, you end up manufacturing the second loss off that. Uh, I like the Cavaliers to, to win this one on the road close. I like them 20-17. to 17. All right, so we both like Virginia in this one. I thought I might be getting something new there, but uh, we both like Virginia to get the win. Well, hey, it's time for the lightning round, man, and let's have a little fun with this one. Let's go on out uh, to the mountains, just a little west of Vegas here, and talk about Hawaii coming in to take on Nevada. I'll go first in this one since I always make you go first in this. You know, I said I would never pick against Hawaii again, and then they went and got skunked by Washington, but I think Washington's a quality team. I've seen Nevada struggle. I really have. I think Hawaii's going to push them. I think they're going to push them around. They're going to get it done. Hawaii comes to the mainland and takes out the Wolfpack. Yeah, Jay, both of these teams struggle defensively. They give up over 30 points a game. Nevada's really struggled more offensively than we've seen in the past. I like Hawaii to get the job done 45-24. to 24. All right, you like the Rainbow Warriors as well. Next one, I can't wait to hear you talk about this one. Cal, the lone undefeated team left in the Pac-12, goes on Friday night to take on Herm Edwards and the Fighting Sun Devils of Arizona State. Well, Jay, first of all, I need everybody to raise their hand if they had Cal as the last undefeated team in the Pac-12. Now, granted, that undefeated record is uh, courtesy of something that, that was worse than the Montreal screw job. Ole Miss got Bret Hart. I'm not saying they would have won the game, but they did get robbed there on that touchdown. Jay, I think first team to 10 wins this game. It's going to be defense. It's going to be ugly. I like Cal to win this 13 to 9. Oh, man, I thought I was going to sneak one in on you there, too, because I like Cal here as well. And Man, I'm not going to be surprised if Herm and his boys get it done. But I just like too much about what I've seen from Cal. I think their offense is starting to come alive now. That defense is solid. They get it done against a freshman quarterback, even on the road. I like Cal in this one, 19-14. to 14. Clemson is on the road this week, coming up near my area, going over to Chapel Hill and taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels, who got jammed last week by Appalachian State while Clemson took out Charlotte. Who you like in this one? Jay, there's not an ACC team that will play within 20 points of Clemson. The, the real game for Clemson right now is just not get bored before December. I like Clemson by a lot, 45 to 10. I like Clemson huge here. I'll give them 42 to 13. Um, and, and I will tell you now, I don't think Trevor Lawrence plays the second half. I think it's going to be a beatdown. Ohio State takes their offensive show on the road to Nebraska. Man, the hype was big for Nebraska going into the preseason. But I got to tell you, I think it was a little premature. I think they're building a good program there. Adrian Martinez is a real stud at quarterback, but they just don't have the horses around them. And moreover, they don't have the D to hang with Ohio State here, man. I think Ohio State wins, and I think they win big. I like them here 37-19. to 19. Well, Jay, Ohio State's yet to be challenged. And to be honest, Nebraska isn't back. They're not even close to being back. They don't have the horses to hang with Justin Fields and Ryan Day's team. I like Ohio State big. I like them 56 to 20. Ooh, big beat down there. You're like, okay, so Kansas State, new coach in tow, big things going on on the road at Oklahoma State, who just got through with big shootout ball against Texas. Who you like, the Wildcats or the Cowboys? Well, Jay, Oklahoma State played a tough game against Texas. Uh, these are both kind of two teams that are a little surprising. Both teams are better than maybe we thought. Uh, but it's obvious Oklahoma State is 
all offense, no defense. I think Kansas State gets it done 34-31. All right, you like K-State in this one? I'm going to tell you, I think that's a great pick. But I like Oklahoma State right now just a little bit more at home. I think they're a little more put together at this point. Yeah, they're coming off a tough loss, but they've done deal with that. I think Gundy's got experience now. Not to say that Kleiman doesn't, but I think Gundy's got more of the, what he wants as a team. K-State's kind of putting this thing together with duct tape and bailing wire. Give me the Cowboys at home to take care of this one. Uh, you mentioned him early on, our favorite person, Lane Kiffin, bringing those Florida Atlantic Owls up to Charlotte to play the 49ers who are coming off of a you know big loss to Clemson, but no shame in that charlotte's looks good in other games this year and you know they got a young hot coach in will healy uh, last year charlotte kept fau from going to a bowl on a 50-yard field goal to end the game does lane get revenge this week well jay you know first of all we don't need any excuse to troll lane kiffin um you know, I do have a request. I think you're going to be working the game this week. So can you get me a <laughs> autograph from Joey Freshwater? Um, if I can get near him, I sure will. <laughs> Jay, I really like Charlotte in this game. I think Charlotte wins 41 to 38. Man, I like shootout ball. I really hope that happens. Um and I got to tell you, though, the thing is, FAU is so good at quarterback right now. They finally figured that out. They've gotten accuracy again. I think they've just got a little more experience, a little more depth than Charlotte. So I'm going to pick the Owls in this one on the flip side of that shootout. I think they win this one 38-35. But I'm definitely rooting for my for my 49ers here. But FAU's just got a little bit more known. All right, we go to the SEC for this one. It's, it's a great revenge game from years ago. Remember when Ole Miss used to challenge Alabama? Well, they get the chance again this weekend, Alan, and it's going to be hot as Hades. 11 a.m. Central kickoff. Well, this is actually 2.30 CBS, but it's going to be pretty hot. I think they're calling for a high 96. Jay Even Ole better. Miss. More time to bake the stands. Yes. <laughs> you know, Jay, here, here's the thing. Ole Miss has got an injury at quarterback. We're not sure if um, Coral's going to start. It doesn't matter. Alabama is much better than Ole Miss. Alabama is much better than anybody Ole Miss has played this year. I expect a beatdown. I think Nick calls off the dog. I like Alabama 48-10, to 10, and I expect a miss, mix, missed extra point. 48 to 10 with a missed extra point. That would be apropos. I like Alabama big here too. I think Tua Tungavailoa continues his just air dominance over everyone. Ole Miss has played good on defense, but they're not great and they don't have the depth to hang in this one. I actually like Alabama run the ball a little bit more in this one than maybe they have before. I think Tua throws early, but Bama pulls away the whole time. They're going to win this one 49 to seven. That's what I'm going to say. 49, seven. So our last game in the lightning round, this ought to be a doozy right here. Les Miles in Kansas going to TCU to take on the Horn Frogs who can't seem to just get anything together. What's going to happen here? Well, Jay, you know, both teams are coming off tough losses. Uh, TCU lost to SMU. And, you know, I thought about putting that game in the danger zone last week, but I was like, nah, that's not going to happen. TCU is going to play well. Well, I was wrong. But you know what, Jay? I expect this to be a close defensive struggle. I'll take the home team. I'll take the better defense. I do like TCU to get it done 28 to 21. You know, man, I got to tell you, I normally would agree with you here because I think TCU is moreover the better team, but they're not playing like it right now. And Kansas, you know, they got a win already. They're running the ball well. 
I, give me less miles. I don't know. Something tells me here he's going to find a way to get over on Gary Patterson and and score a win he's not supposed to get. Give me Kansas in this one. You know, it's some goofy way, like twenty three to twenty one. Like they block a kick and return it for two, or somebody gets a safety late. Something weird. But I like Kansas in this one over TCU. So just to recap, we both take Washington over USC. We both take Virginia over Notre Dame. We're both picking the upset there. We both like Hawaii over Nevada. We both like Clemson big over North Carolina. Both like Ohio State big over Nebraska. We split. You like K State over Oklahoma State. I like the Cowboys in that one. You like Charlotte over FAU. I'm taking. FAU. We both like Bama big, and then I'm taking Kansas. You're taking TCU. So, Alan, that's a good slate of picks. I think there's only one thing left to do, sir. It's time to fire up those engines and buzz the tower. It's time for the Danger Zone. We're going to take you out west. We're going to go to Utah, where Washington State comes to town to play the Utah Utes. Uh, both teams really disappointed last week. Uh, Washington in epic fashion. Uh, Utah really threw kind of no fault of their own. Here's the thing, Jay. Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss, the starting quarterback and running back for Utah, both left the USC game, and they might not play this week. That's taking over 1,300 all-purpose yards and 10 TDs off the field. Um, they both may miss this game. Now, Anthony Gordon has just put up stats like you expect from a Washington State quarterback. I can't explain what happened to him against USC. I think they'll be ready to play. They'll go in there. They will win 35-24. to So you like the Cougs to go in and take out Utah once and for all. That should be a really fun game for sure. Definitely contrasting styles. Well, man, that's going to put week five in the can for us. We'll see how it all shakes out. And folks, of course, join us next Wednesday here again for another edition of the Gridiron Breakdown. Go to anchor.fm slash gridiron breakdown. You'll see everywhere you can download the show. Leave us a like or a positive review. It helps other people find the show and share it on social media. And hey, if you want to follow us on Facebook, just search for the Gridiron Breakdown show and you'll see us there so until next time for alan i'm jay you've been listening to the gridiron breakdown show thank you for listening to the gridiron breakdown the gridiron breakdown theme is sports time tonight by phil gerard reed hayes and scott p share tune in next week for more analysis and opinion from our hosts i'm saying i'm scared out there i'm saying fear now y'all scared to ask another question (laughs) 